Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. Um, you know, Nancy and I have been through a number of wildfires, uh, especially when we lived out in the mountains in San Diego. And uh, wildfires are scary. They're not going away. They're getting hotter, burning faster. Uh, we've seen it all across the desert southwest, the Pacific Northwest uh, earlier this year, especially California. Um, it's been brutal. It, the sequoias, you know, we go to the sequoias all the time. Uh, they've been through a lot. And so we're going to talk about wildfires today and an innovative new map that has been put out through the Western Fire Chiefs Association. Uh, this is phase two that is out. They launched this map back in July, but this is a really cool interactive map where you can see where the fires are happening. You can see what is happening in regards to those airplanes that go out and drop the retardant and all kinds of other things. And I don't know all about it because I'm not a um, fireman, but I respect and love firemen and firewomen who keep us safe. And so we're very excited to have uh, Fire Chief Z, who, Kim Zagar is joining us. So we're going to call him Chief Z. Uh, he's an award-winning uh, firefighter. He's done so much in regards to emergency response. So welcome to this show, Chief Z. How are you? Good. It's a pleasure to be with you today. This map is so cool. I know before we started recording, I was telling you, Nance and I went through the Cedar Fire and we went through, actually, it was like a it was a year and a half of hell up in the mountains. We went through one fire after the other. Some were arson, some were not. One was the DEA clipped a power line and set like a pot field on fire. I didn't say it, but that's what happened. And and the wind was not helping with anything. So it was just a really bad year. And so many firefighters came in from all over actually to help our town. And then it spread. You know what happened with the Cedar Fire. It was like a historic one. And we actually ended up evacuating all the way to Sierra Vista, Arizona. That's how far we had to evacuate because everyone was evacuating. Even, you know, East San Diego was evacuating. But when firefighters were coming up, they were using Thomas Guides maps. And, you know, it wasn't our mountain roads were not the easiest to figure out. And we we're trying to help them. And at the same time as residents, we're like, oh my God, this place is on fire. So we'd go rushing to help our friends and then go, oh no, it's a mountain over, whatever. So it was like this, it was a hot mess for all of us, you know, not knowing, you can't really see. And this was, I think we had cell phones at the, we had the beginning of cell phones at that time. So here we are with this amazing technology. We could have used them, but at the same time, it's like, thank God for this because the wildfires are heating up worse than we could ever have imagined, right? It's getting hotter out there. Yeah, it's definitely hotter. Uh, you know, uh, follow the news. It says that, you know, not just California, but the Western United States is in a 1,200 year, you know, worst drought in 1,200 years. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter where you go in the West. And it, it is definitely uh, drought conditions are really in climate are really driving our, our fire conditions uh, today and creating. Uh, a lot of impacts, both, uh, you know, destruction, smoke, uh, just uh, a lot to deal with. And it uh, uh, takes a lot longer to recover for those folks that lose their homes and uh, their property um, from a wildfire than it does a lot of other disasters. Yeah, it's, um, and it moves fast. And, you know, I remember when that first fire happened before the Cedar, um, 
And it was, it happened so fast. And we, I, I, Gray Davis was governor at the time and didn't allow, uh, you know, the retardant planes to come out because of the timing. But at that time, the communication, we weren't ready for all of this as residents. We weren't as prepped as we can be now and have all these, you know, digital tools. And people didn't know what to do. Should we evacuate? Oh, I'm going to stay home. And I, people were jumping in swimming pools. People died in, in, I remember one lady with her little dog got in the bathtub thinking they'll be more safe. They weren't and should have evacuated. But it, it, everyone was doing what they could do. The fire department obviously was, you know, going as far as they could. But this kind of technology now is incredible because we can look and see this is where the fire is. But know about the airplanes can you tell us a little bit about the air part of this like is this retardant planes that we're looking at what's happening with that on the uh, actually what you what uh one of the new features is the ability to you know to actually see the uh, firefighting aircraft in both uh, uh fixed wing and the rotary which is the helicopters you should be able to see on the map as an example um so um It'll give you an idea, you know, where they're flying at on the fire. Won't actually show you where they're dropping, but it'll give you a good idea because it doesn't actually say, oh, they're dropping unless you're watching that by live news or something or out of your backyard. But yeah, it, it does give you a good idea of, of what's happening uh, out there. Um, and again, um, not only are we using in the, you know, this map just came out in uh, July, mid-July of this year. And uh, uh, that was phase one, and now we're rolling out phase two. So phase two is, you know, you got the aircraft in here. Um, on top of that, um, one of the other things we're doing is we're using some of the technology for a program in California called uh, Virus. And uh, it's a plane that uh, does real-time uh, intelligence. Um, so when first report of a fire goes out, uh, they can launch the aircraft and actually... Uh, provide the incident uh, real-time information on the location of the fire, show what the fire is doing. Uh, the uh, fusion centers that work closely with the uh, fire plane uh, actually starts looking at modeling the fire in conjunction with the uh, University of San Diego Fire Lab and uh, actually determining how far, how fast that fire will move uh, and give us some real-time information is what it's really about in today's day and age. And then they uh, mm. transmit that information very quickly down to the incident commander, to the command centers, as well as to some of the boots on the ground. And so a lot of this, isn't this partly um, the Forest Service that you're working with to get that information too, the National Forest well, Service? Well, actually, I'll, I'll kind of back up a little bit. So when the map first rolled out, it's actually uh, using two sources to get the information. One is the uh, U.S. Forest Service Irwin Project uh, at the National Aging Fire Center. We get data directly from them and a, a project called Pulse Point. Now, Pulse Point is kind of interesting. It started out uh, mm -hmm. uh, with people having heart attacks. And if you were if you were signed up on the app and you were uh, you know certified to do CPR, you get notified and if you're available, you could respond to somebody very quickly uh, and provide intervention maybe before first responders get there uh, in some cases. So uh, what we're actually doing with PostPoint is we're still in the very early stages of gathering, having the local agencies uh, uh, provide us the information on uh, through PostPoint. 
on you know breaking wildland fires so we can actually get that out there without actually waiting for maybe the Irwin data to come in and that may not come in right away. In fact, um, the mill fire up at a weed, California, uh, mm. was several days before that fire actually had a map on there. So what we did to get the perimeter up on it, we actually used uh, the data coming out of the fires program uh, from the aircraft uh, to actually put that up. Now the fires program's actually in its fourth year. First year was funded by the California State Legislature to Orange County. Uh, last two years, uh, Cal OES, uh, has been funding uh, uh, the aircraft and what it does uh, uh, for the state. And uh, this year, actually, in the new budget that uh, for July 1 uh, for 23, uh, for 22-23, uh, Cal OES and, and Cal Fire were, were are jointly doing the project, are in the process of transitioning out of Orange County uh, into the state's responsibility. And over the next couple of months, we'll finalize that out, but that's about a $30 million uh, appropriation to make this come together. And what's kind of also nice is that this doesn't just do wildland. Uh, a couple months ago, they, uh, they, you know, they had an oil spill already off the Orange County uh, coast. Uh, we're able to put the fires plane up and get some real-time information on that. That's great. We're using for train derailments and, and other, uh, we're looking for uh, lost uh, uh, hikers or hunters out there. So we're doing a lot of different things with the program. It's uh, it's uh, that's amazing with the technology, much like this map is. This is exciting to me because I mean, especially going like you're talking about hikers and hunters out in the wilderness. You know, uh, that's what the Cedars fire was started with was a hunter out there going help, help is by fire. Um, but the, when you think about these wildlands, we have wilderness areas which are you know magic. It's so hard to find somebody, you know, how do you find someone? But, you know, having that, you know, so it's basically like you have a big camera going all over the states, basically, these Western states being able to showcase and, and compute it to the map. But is that right? Would I say it that way? It's like, it's like a big satellite camera, kind of like an Elon well, Musk actually, is floating through. <laughs> it's actually a camera, it's sensors and cameras are in the plane that's okay. flying over that uh, takes that data and does infrared and other uh, capability oh. that it does have uh, in real time. Um, what's also things that we do out of the uh, out of the Fusion Center working with the UC San Diego Fire Lab is it also uses the alert wildfire uh, camera system uh, as well to gather that information. So we um, when we put up all these cameras over the last number of years, and what it does is actually. Uh, if there's a camera in that area, can actually uh, provide a real-time imagery of what's going on in the fire. We can see it build, can do things. Uh, the uh, uh, several uh, of the command centers and key personnel actually have the ability to move those cameras and uh, and actually uh, pull them in a direction or, or lead them in that area to to monitor that particular fire. And that information is also coordinated uh, with the fires program. They send out. Uh, information and that's also shared with uh, us and our western firemen so for the firefighters this is a huge tool right for them to understand get their bearings and see things or is it really mostly for the residents you know i'm also want to talk about for travelers going into parks because it's like it's confusing like the sequoias oh you can go on this side you can't you can do this you know there's all that wilderness area so and that was some major fires over the last couple of years in in those in those forests and oh. um, and people live there too you know yeah so two years ago the western uh, fire chiefs association 
board of directors uh, decided that they, you know, that they wanted to, you know, have a, a public facing forward map out there. Um, not all the government websites are forward facing sometimes that some information mm -hmm. comes off them. And the whole idea really wasn't really all, just for the firefighters, it was actually for the public. One of the real interesting things about this particular um, uh, app or, or program here is that it's designed to work in areas where we have low cell coverage, you know, so maybe the, the, the broadband capability is very low. And so unlike some of the government facing maps, which takes a long time to load up with all the data, this is designed to be very quick and very fast. We believe it's probably the fastest one out there right now. And so if you're in an area where low latencies out there or maybe you've lost a cell site, but you still have some coverage, you can actually pull this up and actually see what's going on in the fire. Uh, maybe you've got- And share it and easily share it. That's what the coolest thing. It is so easy for people to embed on their sites. So like blogs and municipalities can use this, you know, actual yes, cities can. can use this, but to share it to your friends and on social media, it's like the quickest thing ever. So if you've got family or loved ones, maybe, you know, they're in an area where they're having a fire because you've seen a broadcast, you can go up on this real quickly. Maybe you're, maybe you're uh, working someplace and uh, you know, you're having a fire near your home. You're wondering, you know, if your family's going to be safe or maybe it's your business or employees or whatever it may be. Um, it's really good. Also, it's kind of nice. It only takes one click to get there. Loads up very fast, as you've probably already seen. On, and it's designed to load up really on a smart device. But um, uh, one click and you're there. Uh, yeah. And as you said, you can easily, you know, do the share and get the embedded information and then and go from there. Um, and whether you want to look at a particular map, focus in on it and, and, uh, and copy that uh, information and post it. Or whether you want to use the big map of the Western United States as you got in the background there. I like it. But it's, but it tells you about how many people have been deployed, uh, how many firefighters are out there, who, you know, the plane. I mean, look at that information. It's amazing. And how it gives you like an up-to-date, you know, event news on it too. Um, what I, I wanted to touch on too, so people know the website, it is WFCA.com. Uh, it, 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 it's actually uh, www.fire-map. Uh, Oh, uh, um, dot uh, wfca.com. There it is. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I have wfca.com forward slash fire dash map. That'll take you there too. But we're going to embed both of the you know the website on both of our websites, Blend Radio and TV.com, and also nationalparktraveling.com because fires do happen in these wilderness areas, and so for travelers. I mean, Yosemite got it too this year. I mean, it's been, it's just been in Oregon and I, I mean, it's been brutal. So what would you advise travelers going to these national park lands and forest lands? Um, when you look at, would you say, look at the map before you start going? Well, I think it's always good to have, uh, and I, I use this regularly, good situational awareness uh, about where you're going. Um, and, you know, you, sh you know, you're taking a vacation. You probably want to know that if you, you say you're going to Yellowstone, you know they've got fires going. What part of Yellowstone's open? Maybe not all of it's open. Um, those are the types of things you really want to take a look at. Uh, uh, maybe you've got smoke conditions that you're worried about because um, mm. of health reasons. I think it's a good. Those are all good things to take a look at. But a good situational awareness to what's happening. Weather changes quickly. You could pull into a, a national park site and 
being at Sequoia Kings National Park. And uh, it was a nice day when you got there. And now it's getting overcast. And that evening, you see a lot of lightning strikes in the mountains. Well, that's probably not going to be a good day uh, for some folks. So you just want to have good situational awareness. When you enter the park, you want to ask, you know, make sure you understand, you know, what their procedures are. Um, I always tell folks, you know, 911 is great. What happens if you're in a part of the park that doesn't have cell, that doesn't have cell coverage? You know, you know, try to find out those particular situations, kind of watch those situations as much as you can. Know, uh, know where the evacuation points are. Think about, uh, um, you know, areas that are large areas like meadows and, and um, maybe, you know, where you can pull into a, uh, a concession area and they've got a lot of uh, a parking lot where you're not going to get fire in there. Those are the type of things to look at because, you know, maybe you can't get out of a certain area. You can't evacuate out of a certain area, but there's an area you can take safe refuge. Those are the really things that, you know, don't assume that, you know, you're going to call 911, somebody's going to be there. The more rural you are, the longer it takes. The park, the national parks are actually probably a little better equipped. Uh, uh, they provide a lot of their own services all the way when you call 911 to emergency medical to, you know, uh, fire service, both structure, wildland and vehicle accidents. But people should always be prepared and always know where things are. The other thing I would tell folks is that uh, uh, maybe, you're, maybe, you're in the, maybe you're in the forest or on BLM lands or maybe on a refuge. You also probably really wanna know you know, what county, what jurisdiction you're in. It only takes a minute to look that type of information up because the best information is always gonna be the local emergency managers uh, at the city, at the county uh, that can provide you with that alert notification. And you know, today's phones, unless you disable them from that, if an emergency alert notification goes out, your phone should automatically go off. You probably heard that when there's been a, uh, missing child or something else. Amber, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we, I tell people don't turn those functions off. They're there for a reason. Uh, but they're, you know, they're a really great tool. Uh, but if you wait till 11th hour and you're waiting till you get that notification, what do I do? Where do I go? It's, it's probably already too late. Um, at least in the wildland, one of the things we also tell folks is, uh, you know, uh, you can Google in Ready, Set, Go. And it's a national program that started really after the 2003 fires um, that was put into place um, that became a national program from California. And uh, ready means you gather those items and maybe it's your home, maybe it's your travel trailer, or your motorhome you're traveling with, or you're staying in a hotel out of, by the park or where you're vacationing. Uh, and what items you need to have? Well, everybody should have a go bag and they should have their important things in there such as medications, water, some food, those types of things are really easy things to have in there. You know, credit cards, money, don't leave home without it. Uh, you may need that. Um, <laughs> you know, much like any- Cookies, always take your cookies. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, unfortunately, you know, in today's day of everything that we do electronically is done off the internet. It takes fiber optic cable capability. And so when we lose power, we lose, uh, we lose that fiber optic cable credit cards aren't going to probably do any good. And unlike the old days where the merchant pulled out the machine and you put out the yep. carbon copy and, you know, you ran that over the top of your card and got that information. I don't see anybody doing that anymore, but uh, always having some cash on uh, hand. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, it, no, remember those machines, those little machines. Yeah. We don't have those no more, yeah. 
yeah, making sure that, uh, you know, uh, you, you've driven a while and uh, you pull into the park and um, you decide, well, I probably need gas, but I'll do that, you know, before I leave. Probably a good idea to, uh, you know, make sure your tank's filled, you're ready to go. Um, I can't tell you, you know, people during emergencies, you know, they, they, they have a routine, they get in, well, I don't want to fill my gas, car up till I need to. Well, then over in the middle of the night, you get an emergency and you got to evacuate. Um, and in some cases, you could be stuck in a, an evacuation line that may be stuck in there for a couple hours and maybe you haven't got enough fuel to make it that far. Mm. So people should always think about being prepared, do a Boy Scout motto, Girl Scout motto, be prepared um, for any situation. And again, uh, have some provision. Um, you know, when you go to the mountains, I always tell folks you should, um, you know, you know, like we used to, when we were young kids, you know, Smokey always best, Smokey always dresses in layers. That way, when it gets warm, right. takes off his jacket. And then when it gets cold, he layers back up. Exactly. Layers and cookies. I always say, always have cookies on the side because you never know. You just want it for the, you know, those moments. You want some chocolate, I'm just saying. But the thing, you know, um, talking about the gas thing, that's actually a really huge thing. We have a rule. As soon as the car goes anywhere, because we travel full time. And, and so, I mean, if you go in New, northern New Mexico and you don't fill your tank, you're you're up a tree. In fact, there's no trees in some of those areas. You don't have a tree. You have no. You're you're stuck. You need to. Oh, we always have a rule of as soon as you get near half a tank, fill up. Period. You never know what's going to happen. We've been through hurricanes, fires, tornadoes, cyclones. I mean, it's sorry, we've just kind of been through all of these things, and you really learn. Um, even, you know, going, I know it sounds paranoid. And, and when I talk to people, I always go, I'm not paranoid. I've just been through it. You know, like if we're in a hotel, we always have the bag. This is what you need to grab. People will leave computers, their cameras out. But if you want to go and you need that camera bag, that computer, you need it to be able to just grab and go. Um, that's something we tend to just relax so much that when something happens, you can lose that stuff. We've been in a hotel fire. Um, and then the next day with the hotel got loose in South Africa, it got looted. And we went back to the hotel after this fire right outside the kitchen, which went up by our window. And then we were watching people looted the hotel. We're watching them going, oh, my gosh, they've got our stuff over there, holding up clothes, the whole thing. You, you know, so we always just have this thing about when you go to sleep at night and it gives you peace of mind. If something happens, grab. Be able to um, just grab. Yeah, you know, it's, it's always, you know, I, I you know. 45 years in the fire service, I can tell you that we, we were driven to be in a routine um, and how we do things at the station. That leads into what we do in our home lives and always be prepared out of there. And, you know, if you got a go bag, you know, in today's day, you can have a little car carabiner on there and you put your keys and, and your, your important things. And so you got one thing you can grab pretty easily. If I were on a plane, I'd do the same thing. I'd make sure I'd have that bag with me. Like, Don't take anything with you. Taking that bag with me, I may not take my exactly. suitcase, but um, you know, we, we were talking about making sure you've got enough fuel in today's day and age. Since we're moving towards this uh, 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 electric uh, era, I'd also tell folks you should, uh, you know, if your car needs a charging, you know, and, and uh, don't wait till you're ready to leave, also, you know, get a charge before you go in, make sure you're, you're set to go. Um, it's kind of like making sure you've got enough batteries to run your. Uh, your uh, flashlights and any of your, your appliance that you need. You know that uh, you got a cell phone or computers that 
you have a way to plug them in on your car. If you've got an older car and it does have an AC-DC converter, maybe it's time to really think about getting that so you can charge things up uh, and make life a little bit easier. Um, even in today's day, you know, I tell folks, especially if you're going to be out camping, they make some really cool uh, little solar uh, charging devices yeah. for your phones and, and iPads and that, that that can go a long ways. Um, you know, uh, if you're worried about batteries sometimes, uh, you know, you can go online and get the ones that you can crank and generate your own power to get to get reception and do those things. Those things still work great in today's day and age. You're not relying upon if your batteries run out or you don't have any or, you know, and again, uh, you know, talk about hurricanes, you know, when hurricanes come in and it's looking like a bad one, go try to get water, food or batteries or anything else from the local store. Good luck. You know, when we hear at CSW, we right now we're in um, recording in East North Carolina. So Hurricane Ian kind of came through like the backyard here where we are and on a farm with a bunch of trees. And we're like, now there's tornadoes. And we're like, okay, we're going downstairs. And I'm like, you know what? I could see this storm coming up, but they hadn't quite declared it. And I saw like a bunch of rain. And I'm like, we're out in the boonies. And I, I tell Nancy, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to the store now and I'm filling up with gas now. I don't, you know, it doesn't mean anything's really going to happen, but you go do it because I know that gas stations, like if they don't have electricity to pump gas, I got caught in that. You're, you're up a tree again. <laughs> if you have a tree, we have trees, but it's, um, it just is that peace of mind knowing that if you need to go, you need to. One thing I wanted to touch on uh, big time, as we travel because of COVID, we started uh, pet sitting and because it was a safe way to stay away from people and, and all of that. And one thing we started watching during hurricanes and wildfires and seeing some of the reports is that when there's these situations, is it, it seems to me like some people, we, we should teach our animals to be cage friendly or you know the crate friendly so that when something happens because there's places where people don't even have like a thing for their cats if and something could happen and in an emergency trying to catch animals in an emergency and not have a thing for them that's something something we saw also during the cedar fire people have horses everything's fine we'll lend each other trailers but when it's an emergency and you don't have a horse trailer that's not cool. You've got to think about the animals too, right? In these situations. So, uh, I, you know, having crates for your smaller animals, is a great thing. You know, not all of them are hard. You can get some of the collapsible ones that work out really good, but also the time to train your animal to be in them is not when the emergency is happening, it's ahead of time. No. Um, and um, the animals, once they get used to the crates, actually feel very secure in there because, you know, they, they, they're the way they're, they're set up in there. But what they do need to make sure it's not just the crates, but again, if you got to have food, you got to have water for them. If they're on any medications, got to take care of them. Um, the other thing you need to make sure is you've got, uh, you know, the capability to go out and walk them. So you need leashes and collars and those things. Um, maybe a couple of toys that they have they like to play with. Uh, again, to be prepared um, are all good things. And that's just mm. for the little pets. Um, big the big the big animals and you're absolutely correct you know people should plan ahead and there are people that do not have uh, horse trailers or capability to transport their large animals um and and i've actually seen it where they'll actually spray paint on the side of the horse their phone number and turn their animals loose and exactly and, and, and um yeah it's dangerous in a lot of ways the animals you know the 
those animals would get hurt, but two, you're relying upon somebody to call and they'd be in a situation where they dart out in traffic or any number of things. And, uh, you know, it just, you know, the more we prepare ahead, the better off we'll be. And there are plenty of websites, uh, your local area that you're in, or, you know, in today's day, well, you couldn't Google things the way you could, you know, 20 years ago. And no. uh, we're further ahead. And so there's no reason why you really can't be prepared. Um, and if, you know, if you got a, if you got animals, most people are like your family, take care of them. Well, I think this is such a huge thing when we went through the Cedar Fire. Um, we had all these different evacuations. And then this was the big one. And it was weird because that day that we went and evacuated, we actually went hiking through Cuyamaca National Forest on a hike. We came out and we saw the smoke coming up through where, you know, where the high school is in Julian. And Nancy and I looked at each other and went, uh-oh. And we just had that feeling. And we had to go on really more gut instinct than being able to see this kind of map to see, is it time to go? Is it not? And that's something I think is really important because a lot of people waited. I have friends that waited with their horses. I Even our cats, when we evacuated, went down into the desert. Well, there was a ton of smoke. And that's what I think people really don't realize. It's not always the fire. It is the smoke that can get you. And the longer you wait, the worse it is. And that's something we experienced. But if we had seen, like, I think sometimes we evacuated from fires that weren't quite already, they weren't necessarily there yet. You know what I mean? Because we couldn't tell. Yeah. So one of the things, um, <clears throat> so I'll cover a couple of things on this. Um, we have people that um, totally rely upon their their phones for a mapping, not, you know, or their, the the system on board their car, or maybe they've got uh, you know Garmin or some other device they use. In a lot of cases, when emergencies get going and they start putting up roadblocks, your your device will not allow you to navigate in those areas. So again, I, I tell people that you know if you're traveling in areas, think about getting a map of a local area. Um, you know, know where know how to get from point A to point B. Uh, again, you know, the radio and the, you know, if you, if, if you're listening to, um, <clears throat> satellite radio, you're probably not gonna get the low, 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 the latest, greatest updates. Um, if you don't have your phone, you know, if you disabled your alert notifications in your phone, you won't get what you need to have. Um, if you're in an area in a, in a, in a, in a community that's experiencing an emergency, you may want to go down and quickly download, you know, go online and sign up for the emergency alert notification so you get the latest information that's out there just as an example about being prepared. <clears throat> if, if, if you don't think through the items and, and a lot of our pressure wildland fires, you know, and uh, you know, when you look at the 2003, 2007 fires, boy, those fires really, when the wind came up at nighttime and now you've got the smoke and the fire and you can hardly see some of the roads and some of the roads, you know, especially the, you know, less maintained roads may not even have striping on them because they're, you know, rural roads. Or guardrails, depending where you're going. You could be on the million dollar highway in Colorado. Yikes. Yep. And so again, um, and what most people do when they, you know, when they get into those smoky conditions is, oh, I can hardly see. Well, I'll turn my brights on. Well, actually the brights actually make it worse in the smoke. It reflects back to smoke and makes it harder to even see. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that, um, again, uh, by knowing where you're at, thinking through where that escape route will be, or at least a, a safe refuge, uh, uh, 
I live in Auburn, California, so it's in the foothills. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, I just happen to live next to a golf course. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just did a Firewise uh, meeting on Monday with uh, uh, our Firewise community. And I reminded, reminded folks again that uh, if you can't get out, if the, high, if the road's jammed or for whatever reason you've left too late because you didn't hear the warnings early enough, then you know one of the safest places to be is in the middle of that golf course where you know there's no fuel Lush. to burn up in the grass and that's not going to happen. And so you know, uh, but again, if you you know, I said if you drive out there with your car, which is a good thing to do, so that way you can park out in your car. You've got you know you got some comforts there. Make sure you you know you you set the air conditioner so it's not recy it's recycling the air in, inside the car not outside the car, bringing in the smoke from outside. Exactly. That's how my cat got sick in the car. Just totally smoke. All the, you know, we were trying to get it right and we messed it up and we were evacuating. And I mean, we were driving. I mean, even during daylight, smoke is still smoke, you know, and we didn't get it right. And I, the cat was not well. I, I think, you know, we've been in situations in which, you know, it's 12 o'clock noon and it looks like nighttime, the night lights are on where you're at and the smoke is still thick as can be and the wind's blowing. Um, you know, my 45 years I've experienced and seen a lot. I've wow. helped people evacuate. We've helped people shelter in place and done the things you need to do. And, uh, you know, the more time we, the more time our first responders spend trying to get you to evacuate, you know, in the middle of the, the middle of the battle is, is the worst time. You know, they say to evacuate, you know, maybe it's time to leave before they tell you to evacuate. But if they do say, hey, it's time to evacuate, please leave then. Don't wait till the fire is almost upon you or the water's rising or you can see the tornado and, oh, shoot, you know, or whatever the situation may be, you know, leave early, get out of harm's way. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of wannabe heroes that stay back. And, and we, we witnessed that through some of the fires and, and some situations where I want to be the person that's holding down the town and you can't you can't be you're not the fire person you know and so one thing I just wanted to touch on is being in your way and I think that's something you know for travelers too we like if we see a situation maybe not go or look you know look at maps and what you have here and you know check it out and then really find out when go back and help and and you know once the fires happen give back to that economy. You know what I mean? Go back to those communities. They need your help so bad. Florida needs us big time. We need to go help Florida, South Carolina right now, but we need to go back to those communities. So maybe stay away um, because getting in your way, that that to me would be, that's that's mean. Again, if you don't, you know, if, if you're there visiting and you can get out of harm's way, probably make, it, make an adjustment. Um, in a lot of cases, you know, the, the people in the local area are having to evacuate. So they're looking for hotel rooms. They're looking for, you know, a place for their, their mobile home or, you know, their campers or their motorhomes or whatever it may be. And so, uh, you know, we've actually several times in California, we've got firefighters that are actually in hotels in which we say, hey, we need you guys to check out so we can get the local folks, you know, someplace to be and take care of them. And, and you know, that's one of the things we work through back and forth very closely is, is in providing the service to those uh, citizens and visitors of which we're sworn to protect and serve. Uh, thank you so much for your service and for everyone fighting fires. Seriously, I think um, 
it's a scary, scary job. And we appreciate it so much. I mean, that's like, I always tear up, but because it's just so traumatic. It is a traumatic thing for people to go through and their animals and their horses and their sheep and dogs, you know, all of it. It's a traumatic thing. So I, I just really appreciate what you're doing. And I know the resources, um, whatever we can do from the public, what can we do more to help? Well, I'll give you a couple ideas again, you know, be on top of that situational awareness, take, take some extra time. And, you know, other than, Hey, we're in a beautiful spot, you know, really, really take your time and, and, and think about some of those things I've already said, be prepared yes. and, you know, having a, having a, a go bag when you're on vacation or at home is a smart idea, you know, ready, set, go start out as a wildland uh, program, but it actually works just in any type of major emergency or event that you may have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And so again, um, when it's time to go, go. Um, if we've got an area that has been, uh, the roads have been closed, um, I would tell you this, and there's no tougher job uh, than being law enforcement and having a road closed and people trying to get around you and, and uh, oh, it is just tough. Um, but, you know, um, be considerate of those that are working the emergency. They'd rather be home with their loved ones too, but they're out there providing a service. Uh, so being courteous back to them and they'll work with you back and forth as well. The things I would actually try to share with you. Um, um, you know, I, I you know, uh, the local, their local communities where they live already have some stuff on, online. Take a look when you're in the new area, uh, whoever provides that emergency services. Um, you know, Western Fire Chiefs, you know, we, we coordinate with those 11 Western states and uh, the, Pacific, the Pacific Island territories out there. But, uh, you know, Western Fire Chiefs is part of the International Fire Chiefs. So just imagine we all work very closely together through across the United States internationally on everything we do. Um, and I, I, I can't emphasize enough about being prepared and having a good situational awareness of your surroundings and the weather and what could happen. I love it. Thank you so much. And uh, this map to me is something for all communities to embrace. Uh, you know, just every community should have it because even what you're talking about, ready, set, go, you know, as we travel full time and like I said, we've kind of been through a lot of it. And all I know is we are, that is it that, you know, as travelers, you are hundred percent that way, but um, that really does it, it for everything. You can't say right now with climate change that this country in this world isn't going through a bunch of changes, whether it's tornadoes. I mean, there was a tornado in Flagstaff the other day, like, what the hell? <laughs> what are you doing? That's not supposed to happen. You go back to Missouri, but we don't want Missouri to go through that either. So we, we're seeing all these different um, situations and they can come so much quicker than what you expect because weather does change everything. So this map, do you see this map going beyond and that being replicated, not only should everyone use this in the Western territories, in the Western, well, we're not in the West territory, I'm in the territories of, in the Western states and the Pacific territories, but do you see this being duplicated across the country and around the world in this technology? So that like, you know, New Orleans and, you know, hurricanes and. Yeah, so um, kind of interesting today, um, there's a Greek uh, delegation that, uh, I uh, was visiting uh, Boise, Idaho, the National Emergency Fire Center, and um, uh, the uh, president of the International, uh, of the Western Fire Chiefs, uh, who's also the Boise Fire Chief, actually uh, spoke on the uh, fire map uh, that we're doing today. And 
And um, you know, they were very interested whether we were looking at expanding internationally. And so um, because of the feeds we get from the uh, um, Irwin uh, um, project that the US Forest Service and National Union Fire Center have, that gives us information of wildfires throughout the United States. So that's really good. But we're pretty focused on the West right now. Um, I'm sure we'll look at what else we need to do in the very near future. Um, we're definitely getting a lot of uh, attention internationally uh, on the map and uh, because of the, what we do with Pulse Point and some other things. So I think there's some great opportunities uh, to do some things. And again, we work very closely with, uh, you know, the Western Fire Chiefs is the is a division of the International Fire Chiefs. So they're the mothership and uh, we're, we'll work closely with them on uh, things we do very closely together for not only us, but the rest of the uh, the rest of the United States. And uh, okay. in some cases, uh, some of our international uh, partners as well. Yeah, because the rest of the world, we're seeing fires that we didn't have before. You know, we were, well, yeah, Europe, I mean. Europe has been really hit hard this year, all the way from Greece, uh, France to uh, Italy, to Spain, uh, uh, just about all of Europe was hit pretty hard this year. Uh, Australia just coming into their fire season. Oh man, Australia really got nailed. Oh man, right before COVID and then COVID hits, you know? And that's the other thing when you're having these situations and COVID, because COVID's not gone, we're still also having to look at, I mean, I know you guys are used to wearing masks, you know, compared to us, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole other, thing where you think about people being sick too you know and, and so yeah we just gotta we gotta embrace this technology i think it's super cool thank you so much for your time we appreciate we appreciate all the work you've done and everyone okay we're gonna have these up on nationalparktraveling.com blend radio and tv.com we'll have both maps so as travelers and residents you can have them uh, again wfca.com forward slash fire dash map uh, you can go right there and uh, start accessing the maps and looking because fire season is still here right now, unfortunately. So thanks so much for joining us, uh, Chief Z. My pleasure. Have a great rest of the day. You too.